The Hand of Brass. Episode 3, Tyranny's Folly. Cromwell, an orc farmer, walked a horse that had gotten loose back to the stables. It was a hot day in the orc kingdom of Berenia, and sweat beaded off his bald pate. Stroking his thick black beard, he patted the mare. Easy there, girl. Just got a little spooked. You there, farmhand! Yes, good sirs. What may I do for two fine agents of the king? On behalf of the mighty king, Leontes, we hereby require sixteen of your finest steeds. But I have already given the tax to the king last week. I am unable to supply you anything more. Is that smart talk coming from a peasant? Or are my eyes deceiving me, Vilgus? Aye, I think it is, Belga. We will give you one chance to repeat yourself properly, else you meet the blunt end of a club. You heard correct the first time. I have nothing to give, so be on your way back to whatever latrine you crawled out of. Oh, you're gonna regret saying that, big boy. The guards advanced on Cromwell. Vilgus swung first to give a backhand, but Cromwell's hand was fast. Catching Vilgus's arm mid-swing, Cromwell let fly a fist directly to his face, breaking his nose. Belgar came in quick as lightning, cracking Cromwell upside the head, knocking him down to one knee. Though dazed, Cromwell managed to soften a blow from an incoming knee, causing it to graze his head instead of hitting him full force. Cromwell became overwhelmed with blows this way and that. He fought valiantly, but he was no match against two armed orcs. Let that be a lesson here for being a smart mouth. Belga, stop running up the horses. We'll leave this whelp to his wounds. Good night, filth. Cromwell came to and saw he was lying on a table in the basement of the Ram and Stag Tavern. A dwarven woman was tending to his wounds. Who are you? You can call me Raven. If you're going to get up, do it slowly. I don't want you injuring yourself any further than you already are. How did you find me? How did you know to bring me here? Ah, Cromwell, you're up. Brannock! Now things are making sense. Is she a new addition to the cause? Yes, she is. Handy, isn't she? I was on my way to talk with you when I saw some of the king's guards leaving your farm with your horses. I figured something nefarious was going on. You may have cracked a rib or two, but you should heal fine if you take it easy for a few days. Thank you, Raven. Brannock, what was it you wanted to tell me? Is there a way to breach the castle? In a sense, turns out the tyrant is looking to marry off his daughter. He's sent out open invitations to the surrounding eligible barons, lords, and noblemen for some large courting session. It is a shame that she has to be given away like cattle. She's very different from her father. Very level-headed and yet strong. Interesting. Let me guess. Your plan is to get a spy inside the castle to dig up any potential weaknesses the castle may have. You may have taken a few blows to the head, but you haven't slowed down one bit. That's precisely what I'm planning. Do you know how insane that plan sounds? I'm sure at any point if any of us were to show our faces, we would instantly be pegged as insurgents. Yes, but it's a masquerade. How do you know this? I'm the king's personal physician. He has me see him at least once a week. Once a week? Yes. Lately, he has wanted me to assure him that he is at the peak of health. A dwarf is the orc king of Berenia's personal physician. You expect me to believe that? The king has become extremely paranoid. 
He mistrusts our people and thinks other races are so below him they couldn't possibly harm him. I suspect that in his madness it makes the most sense for him to take on a physician of a completely different species. How can we trust that you aren't a spy? I came to your group because after examining the king up close and personal, I have to say, something isn't right about all this. His madness happened so suddenly and the ruthless things he has done to Berenia is despicable. His reign as king needs to be put to an end. Raven here is a refugee from the Horusane Mountain. If she was an enemy spy, she would be working for the Asilians, and if they wanted to take anyone down, it would be this king. Though I'm sure they have their own problems to deal with, rather than disrupt the politics of their neighbors. Mm. Point taken. How do we get in, then? I've had one of our own intercept an invitation that was for one Count Hogan. He's a large orc of high standing with the king, Bald, has a thick, dark beard. No. I think you no, see no, where I'm no, going. No, 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 no. Have you lost your mind? This is our inn, and you and this Count Hogan seem to share distinct similarities, especially if wearing an intricate enough mask. You could pass yourself off as him. Well, I'm sure my voice is different than his. And since we ourselves have no idea what he sounds like, we simply can't copy it. I have a few ideas to fix that. This plan is ludicrous. We have no other choice, Cromwell. The nation is starving and we are out of time. We need to play the game of Cloak and Dagger so we can make the king vulnerable to a full assault. Please, Cromwell. Berenia and all of its people need you. <sighs> when is this event? Duncan slowly opened his eyes. He felt pain throughout his body. It was as if all of his muscles were being hit at the same time. He strained, trying to get up. Easy there, friend. You had quite the fall. Take a moment. You're lucky. The only injury seems to be your missing left hand there. If I hadn't found you, you would have bled out. That's for damn sure. Where are we? What's all this mist? I don't rightly know, to be honest. I'm trying to find my way out of it, but it, it seems to be everywhere. My mind feels strange. Like it's in a fog or something. You're not alone in that either. I felt that way ever since I ended up here. Oh, I'm Alric. Alric Stormshield. Duncan, pleasure to meet you. Incredible. You must have fallen at least a hundred feet, yet you stand and walk as if you simply tripped. It's a long story. Wait, you're a dwarf. You wouldn't happen to know of any dwarven ruins nearby, would you? Ruins? Can't say that I do. I've been trying to find my way back to the capital. We should be close, if I can find a way out of this damn maze. I'm sure now that there's two of us, we have twice the chance to figure it out. We get to the city, we can find out where those ruins are. What do you say? Cut yourself a deal. A friend of mine may still be in danger. It looks like there's no climbing back up. Especially now that I'm out of hand. So you must be a battle physician, judging by how well you dress this up. Thank you. Ah, nothing a little alcohol and bandages couldn't patch up. Here, you seem to have dropped your sword down here with you. The further they walked, the more their heads began to fill with a fog of confusion. Each turn seemed to look just like the last. Did they just pass that stalagmite? They were unsure, but felt the need to press on. Duncan spotted something peeking out of a pile of stones. What's this? Brass gauntlet? That's no gauntlet. That's a dwarven-made prosthetic hand. Looks like an older model. We typically build using steel. Holds the magic better. Dwarves can make such things. It's sort of a well-guarded trade secret. You rarely see dwarves leave the mountains bearing these. As you can see, my right leg isn't just plated in armor, it's kin with this hand, though it's more like the great-great-grandson in design, if you catch my meaning. They work exactly like the lost limb. 
though the sense of touch isn't fully there. And would you look at that? It's left-handed, too. You must be the luckiest man alive. Hold out your arm, I can fit it for you. Duncan held out his arm as Elric removed the bloody bandages. As he fitted the hand to the stump, the gauntlet radiated with brilliant light. Duncan cried out in pain, and suddenly he found he was no longer in the caverns, but he was standing in an open marketplace of a burning city. Across from him, he caught eyes with a robed man with long black hair and beard, wearing a wide-brimmed hat. They both stared at each other, taking one another in. They looked to the end of the marketplace and saw a tall man wearing a crown of holly holding a spear. Every part of him was gray. His hair, his skin, his eyes, his tunic. The gray man smiled as the sky rained fire. Duncan then felt something shaking him. He blinked, and then he realized he was back in the cavern with the strange mist. But his head was clear and no longer foggy. Duncan! Duncan! Huh? You all right? You cried out in pain. You've been standing in a daze. I, I figured you may have been having a reaction to the brass hand. I I've never heard of a human actually wearing one before, but I didn't think there'd be any problem. Was that tunnel there before? What? What tunnel? That one. Over there. Duncan went to touch Elric's shoulder to help point out a tunnel where the mist did not seem to go. And when the brass hand touched Elric, a snap of magical energy crackled, and Elric's mind suddenly cleared. They both looked at the brass hand in amazement. Let's see where that tunnel goes, shall we? Hi there, my name is Alexander Ariate, and I'm one of the actors on The Hand of Brass, and I wanted to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please like, share, and subscribe. If you want to support us, check out our Patreon. And to keep up to date with everything we're up to, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Hand of Brass. Thanks again.